0: Hello and welcome in. It's another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are talking the biggest stories in District 4 athletics in Idaho, week in, week out. Uh, We are coming to you live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. You can uh, watch... A replay of this podcast anytime at those three destinations. You can also listen to this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you subscribe and download to podcasts. My name is Brandon Bainey. Let's bring in our Magic Valley expert, palms and glitter to boot. It's Scott Burton. What's going on, Scotty?
1: Hey, what's going on there, Brandon? Uh, yeah, palms and glitter, man. I tell you what, it does. Uh, it ties into one of the stories we've got today. But uh, as soon as we leave here. I am headed back to uh, the school to help manage for the next two days the Jerome Dance and Cheer Tiger Rumble uh, with I God knows how many teams are coming in to to, to dance and cheer and there's going to be glitter everywhere.
0: Yeah. Is it going to be uh, like in between basketball games or is it just a standalone dance and cheer event?
1: Oh, no, it's yeah, it's total standalone. So, you know, we've got uh, we've been making signs and and uh, directions and and organizing help because we still have school in session. And so we're going to have all these teams just kind of, you know, landing on our campus. And I've got to be able to direct them to a place and keep them there until school's out. Meanwhile, they have competitions, solo dances starting at one o'clock. Um, and then that's going to go on through most of the night. And then cheer competitions in 85 different categories starting tomorrow. And it's, it's going to be absolute bedlam. It's going be, to be nuts. And I'm just going to walk around the building like I'm just an escape mental patient, just doing one of these things, making sure the building doesn't blow down, or blow up or burn down. And I, people are not wandering where they are wandering off where they shouldn't be. And yeah. So yeah, that's why it's palm and glitter.
0: Yes. I was worried about, you said there's going to be glitter everywhere, getting that cleaned up, you know, trying to get a basketball game. It made me think of last night, Scott, I was doing uh, a girls boys doubleheader at post falls high school. Coeur was playing post falls on IdahoSports.com, And at halftime of the first game, the girls game, They brought out basically like the Little Dribblers program. They called it – play. it's called Players in Progress. And so all these little (laughs) kids are out there, you know, ages 5 to 10. They're spinning basketballs and dribbling between the legs. And um, what they didn't account for was it's kind of rainy and slushy up here right now. All those kids got water all over that floor, didn't wipe their feet off. And so the second half got delayed for, I don't know, five minutes it felt (laughs) like while they're – squeegeeing the sideline trying to get all the water cleared up from the from the little dribblers and oh man so uh,
1: i know it's funny because when those things happen a lot of times the people that are in charge of all of that they don't think about the floor it's that is a i mean to me growing up playing on basketball floors i mean that's that's kind of a sacred place you don't a put anything but indoor shoes on it and that's it and so we had we had an assembly the other day in, in the big gymnasium and I'm watched this dance group march out in their cowboy boots to do a kind of a dance. And I'm like, oh no. And I'm just cringing the entire time. They were really good by the way, but I'm just cringing going, oh, don't damage the floor. Don't damage the floor. And there's probably about me and a couple other coaches that are feeling that everybody else is like, oh, hey. It's Like, no. <laughs> You got to, you got to see beyond that. And I got, I don't know, maybe that's the coach mentality, the AD mentality, whatever. Don't mess with my floor. Wipe your feet.
0: (laughs) That's right. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Well, uh, so we'll talk about palm and palms and glitter here coming up in just a second, Scott, but today's show is going to be heavy on girl power. I think that's probably going to be the title because we are going to be talking girls, basketball, cheerleading, We can talk about the guys later because we've had so many young women accomplishing such great things in the Magic Valley. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, this uh, definitely uh, has a lot of girl basketball in it and um, cheer. And so, my goodness, let's just dive in.
0: Let's do it. The big story last week in the Magic Valley in girls basketball was Kimberly defeating Filer. Now, just on the surface, okay, Kimberly's pretty good, right? They've been a team that's been a player at the 3A state level the last couple of years, obviously very talented in volleyball. A lot of those athletes play basketball as well, and they get a 49-39 to win on their home floor. Okay, but the bigger story is it snapped an incredible run of excellence for Filer in the scenic or uh, in the uh, SCIC, the uh, sports sawtooth central idaho conference uh took 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 me a second there to get all that out (laughs) that's always a mouthful um but filer has had this four-year run of dominance where scott counting district tournament games and the regular season games any game where they played kimberly buell or gooding filer Hadn't lost since February 7th of 2019. Over 50 games of a winning streak inside the SEIC finally came to an end last week.
1: Uh, that's unheard of. I mean, that is absolutely unheard of. You know, and you can imagine over the course of the years how big that target on their back had grown. And uh, if, if nothing else, I mean, a season can be made by just beating Filer, period. I remember when I was coaching girls basketball back in gosh, the mid to late 2000s, oh ish, somewhere in there. Um, I mean, we had a, a 40, was it a 44 game home winning streak, um, over the course of like two and a half years. And it, it got snapped. And the minute that it got snapped, it was just like this big giant sigh of relief. It's like, okay, all right, let's move on to other things. Cause that, you know, has been hanging over them for quite some time. And, and, um, and well, congratulations to to Kimberly for getting it done. But man, what an impressive streak by Filer.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess I misspoke.
1: It was only a 40
0: game winning streak for Filer against the yeah. SCIC. Sorry. Move
1: on. Next story.
0: You're <laughs> right. Um, this is incredible. The last team that had beaten them was Buell at the district tournament in overtime back in 2019 uh all the way up to now 2024 finally the streak ends um Taya Plou great freshman for Kimberly led the way with 18 points uh Macy Dilly, a senior added 16 the the Magic Times uh the Magic Valley Times had a great write-up about this streak coming to an end and uh, everyone should go there and and check it out and, and read it um they did the math Scott they counted up the days between losses to an SCIC team for Filer, uh, it, it was one thousand. Uh, it was it was over a thousand days, one thousand eight hundred and four days between losses.
1: Wow, that's a lot of days. <laughs> that's a long time. But wow, I mean, just just impressive because you know how good uh, Kimberly has been over the years in just about everything, and for Filer to own that for that long. And then the resurgence of Buell with, you know, Jessica Montgomery taking the reins. I mean, they're formidable now. I mean, there's no doormats. Not everybody's a doormat in that conference, you know? So yeah, there's going to be some down teams in there, you know, parentally just not very good year after year, but you still got Kimberly in there, you know? So, wow. Great job.
0: It'll be a fun district tournament, and we'll start previewing all the district tournament brackets on next week's edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast. Scott, I started doing some research on the Magic Valley Times archives about this streak for Filer, and Uh I pulled pulled up a separate winning streak from earlier in in this decade from from Filer. Uh, The article was from February 5th, 2015, and it says, it's over. After more than three years, Filer's streak of 32 straight wins against conference foes came to an end Wednesday against an opportunistic Kimberly squad, the same school against which the streak started on December 8th of 2011. So they did this previously from 2011 to 2015. They won 32 in a row. And once again, it was Kimberly ending the streak. That time it was at the district tournament back in 2015. So the fact that Filer has done this twice now in the last 15
1: years, it's wow just incredible <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's a that's called a little bit of conference dominance uh, over the course of uh, going on what almost ten years now. so wow, that's impressive yeah,
0: it's a a pretty remarkable accomplishment so again, Kimberly. Uh, and Filer, and Buell, and Gooding are all going to duke it out at the district tournament coming up starting next week, and we'll dive deeper into that bracket on next week's edition of the PrepCast. But shout-out to Kimberly for for being the streak buster twice now in program history. That's pretty cool.
1: (laughs) No kidding. No kidding.
0: (laughs) All right, Scott. Well, just a little further down at the 1A D2 ranks, we have had this fascinating battle for the past four years, I feel like, between Dietrich Mm -hmm and Richfield on the girls basketball court and some years Richfield has had the upper hand and gotten to state some years it was Dietrich with the upper hand and getting to state and these two teams have traded blows all season long I mean the records are almost identical now Dietrich is 16 and 3 overall Richfield is 13 and 4 but the important one is they're both 3 and 1 in league play they just both got done beating each other and winning at the other team's place. Dietrich went to Richfield last week and pulled out a 46-41 win. Or Excuse me, Richfield won on their home floor, 46-41, and then Dietrich defended their home floor last night, 44-33. So these two teams have split in the regular season. They're going to meet up in the district championship game again, Scott. And the sad story here is that these are two teams that are ranked in the top five of the media poll, the coaches poll, no matter what ranking you want to use. Only one of them is going to get to go to state.
1: Yeah. You know, we we saw this happen uh, with Camus County boys team last year. Kind of the same scenario. And, you know, that was a team that had a chance. I mean, it arguably was the best team in the state last year. And here we go again. Because these two teams with Dietrich and Richfield being ranked 2-3. and Kendrick is the number one team right now. That's what everybody's saying throughout the polls. But... Right behind him is Dietrich and, and Richfield, and you know, tied for fourth, Tri Valley and Mackey, and both of these teams have beaten Mackey by double digits. You know, these are two of the best teams in the state, and they could, they could win a state title. One of them is going to sit home, and we're starting to see this kind of scenario happen a lot more now, and we're seeing it in the smaller conferences. Um, we're seeing it in the larger conferences. You take Pocatello, Century, Preston—you know that gauntlet of a conference where you know at any time those three teams could do damage in a state tournament, but they don't get the opportunity. And 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 here we go again. And so hopefully the IHSAA can get this fixed because you you want the best teams in the tournament. You know, so I don't know. I feel bad for one of them, but uh, there it's it's Tobacco Road. You know, it's it's Carolina and Duke because they are separated by what seven miles somewhere in there, just down the road from each other, and uh, this has turned into quite a rivalry over the years.
0: Yeah, this district usually has four teams, right? It's Dietrich and Richfield and Hagerman in Camas County. We yeah. talked about earlier this year, you know, Camas County was very low on numbers, basically yep. playing with five or six. We talked about in December, Scott, they had a couple of players. I think they were playing Bliss. They had a couple of players fouled out. They finished the game with three girls and were able to, to hang on and win. But just the war of attrition and Camas County had to had to fold their season Uh, about a month ago, which was sad to see. So now you've got just a three-team district. It's Dietrich and Richfield and Hagerman. And um, so these teams are going to match up again at at the district tournament. One will get to move on. Scott, I know you talked to both coaches, and let's explore each of these teams because we're only going to get to talk about one at the state tournament. So let's give both teams their due diligence right here. I guess let's start with Dietrich. They technically will be the one seed at districts um, by virtue of winning by a larger margin against Richfield. That gives them the number one seed. Uh, Rick Estelle, veteran coach, and he's got a lot of good multi-sport athletes on this team.
1: Yeah, this is a really solid Dietrich team, and you know, and if you followed Dietrich uh, basketball or anything Dietrich at all, I mean, the, the name Estelle just resonates in Dietrich. I mean, we all know that uh, that Coach Rick Estelle has been battling health issues, and um, you know, Brody has stepped up as you know, as well as uh, uh, Charlie Bingham, Estelle, right? In Rick's kind of um, health problems, and you know, it's one of those things to where you, you look at the situation in Dietrich, and let's just start with 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 Rick. Um, first of all, we are always you know pulling for good health for him. He's just been a big story for such a long time that he's become one of those things that remind the girls that, hey, you know, there's things that are bigger than basketball, you know, and you just try not to make it a distraction. And the girls are, are kind of rallying around that. They're having a little bit more fun. They're loose. And, and, and these girls are loaded. I mean, you talk about senior leadership. I mean, you got Sage Hubert, Jessica Power, Ellie Hawkinson. I mean, these are the seniors that started on last year's state runner-up team. You know, and the thing that I hear about this Dietrich team more than anything is that there's no drama and if you've ever coached girls sports before you can have the most talented team in the world but for some reason they let drama get in the way of something great and i've seen it a hundred times over and so that's the one thing that i'm getting out of dietrich right now is these girls get along i mean they're they're tons of friends um they hang out together and they they just are enjoying this run um as dietrich basketball and you know when you look at some of the other players um you know you've got sage hubert three-year varsity starter she was a defensive player of the year in the soft Duke conference last year so they've got these pieces coming back you know and we talked about jessica power um she was first team all conference you know usually leads her team in rebounds and um you know, she's kind of that pass first kind of player, but uh, she actually had to play the point one time when all the guards fouled out. So, I mean, these are, these are really good players. And then we talked about Hawkinson too. I mean, she comes off the bench, but she is one of a, one of their best defenders, but she's kind of a utility player. She can go post, she can go wing, she can cause matchup problems. And, you know, then you factor in uh, Aliyah Robertson first team all conference last year and uh the point guard. She's the best defender. She guards the best player on the team. And so you, when you look at successful basketball teams, you've got to have certain pieces in place. Number one, you've got to have a point guard. you got to have somebody that can distribute the basketball. Well, that's where Robertson comes in. You need somebody that comes off the bench and provides a spark. Well, that's where Parkinson comes in. You, know, you need um, somebody that just can really lock down defensively. And Sage Hubert does that. And then you look at somebody that uh, can really do well on the glass. Well, here comes power. So you line up all these things for Dietrich. They've got a lot of pieces in place to make a really deep run at the state tournament if they can get there.
0: That's the big caveat. If they can get there, and whether it's Richfield or Dietrich, we know what they're capable of. Fans may forget, not in Dietrich, but statewide, Dietrich got to the championship game last year and lost Mm -hmm. to council by only 10. Now they brought home the runner up trophy. I know that has fueled these girls to get back to state and, and finish the job as it were. Um, But you know, their biggest hurdle may be Richfield. And then it's crazy to think about that, Scott, that you you would go to state and then have an easier matchup over somebody from your own district. But,
1: well, you know, and that does nothing but help uh, these two teams. And that's why these two teams, I think do so well at the state tournament, because, They are two of the best teams in 1A D2 in the state, period. And they get to beat up on each other. And so when they get to the state tournament, yeah, they're going to run into some inferior competition. But, you know, we've seen this play out in different conferences, too, where, let's say, the Great Basin Conference in whatever sport has just been weak, top to bottom. Well, somebody is going to state in that tournament or in that conference. And then they get there and they just get blasted because the conference has been so weak you know, these two teams don't have that problem, which benefits them down the road.
0: Yeah. So Dietrich is 16 and three. They've wrapped up their regular season. Scott, the only three losses were to Richfield by six,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Ra- Raft River by five. Yeah. And then we'll, talk, we'll talk more about Raft River next week. And then, and then Tyler I mean, yeah. those, are, those are all teams that are going to be at state, you know, in their yeah. respective classification, except for Richfield, possibly.
1: You right. Know, it's yeah. Went, and, you know, Dietrich did a really nice job of, of creating their schedule to play those teams, because, you know, when you've got the, the talent coming back and you were state runner up last year and you've got a really solid shot to make a deep run, if you can get there, you better make sure that you play a regular season that's going to challenge you. And and they and they did that. I mean, my goodness, they played Filer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, 1A D2 jumping up to 3A. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty significant
1: leap. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? But my goodness. Uh Filer took the game. Good for them. Good on Filer for taking that game. Um but uh, yeah, that's what's going to pay off for Dietrich uh down the road, you know. So we'll we'll see where they we'll see where they go.
0: And then meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, Richfield that lost last night to Dietrich by 11 44-34. Uh, 44 33 snapped a nine game winning streak for the Tigers. Scott, they also challenged themselves with a hard schedule. They are 13 4 with losses to Murtaugh, which Murtaugh is going to be a really good team. Dietrich beat Murtaugh by two, but it took two overtime periods to accomplish that. Um, They've lost to Oakley, which is the 1 8 D1 runner up from a year ago. And they lost a five point game to Hansen right at the start of December. Uh, they rectified that, Scott, because oh, they played. Boy,
1: didn't they? <laughs> they played
0: Hanson about a week later yeah. and won forty six to fourteen. So yeah,
1: so there's yeah. a story there, but <laughs> we'll find it. But yeah, you're right. This is a a, a battle tested Richfield team too. And and if you you know follow Richfield and and Buck Endron their coach, this is a team that is not trying to outscore you. They're trying to just hold you to one less than they're going to put on the board. I mean, it's a mindset. This is a defense oriented team far none and they pride themselves on that they try to 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 mess things up and and play good hard defense and make your life miserable and that's what they've made their living on for all these years under under Buck Hendrick
0: it reminds me of uh, my very first state tournament for IdahoSports.com it was three years ago one AD 2 girls Carrie made it out of the conference when they had Kylie wood and she was great, but Richfield got in by winning a play in game and mm-hmm. they got to state. And I tell you, they, the defensive intensity was there. It reminded me of VCU in college basketball, 90 feet of, of heck, basically where yeah. as soon as you inbound that ball, they are on you and they're going to make walking the ball up the floor is is a chore against this richfield defense.
1: Well it is. And and the thing about it is if you are going to be at the state tournament, defense travels and offense comes and goes. Granted, you need people to score the basketball and and I know we've talked about this a couple of times, but you know, having been at the state tournament a billion times, uh, broadcaster coach player, I'll tell you what, there is something to be said about the formula that wins state titles. And granted, there's always going to be an exception. There's going to be an outstanding player that shows up and just kind of, you know, a curve buster. But the things that make a state tournament team successful is number one, they play defense because that will travel. It's still the same court. You're still playing. Number two, you score in the paint. You know, you find a way to get to the rim. Those are the things. It's not going to be the flash and the flare of the three-point shot that's going to come and go. It's going to be what a lot of what Coach Hendren's doing is just defensive philosophy oriented because he knows that's going to travel. And that's the success of teams at the state tournament. And you have to build just your team that way.
0: And they are built similarly to Dietrich. All those players you highlighted for Dietrich Great Mm -hmm. steady point guard in Alaya Robertson. They've got Mm -hmm. that in Casey Hendren. Uh, They've got J.C. Telford in the backcourt who can alleviate some of the scoring. You talk about Jessica Power inside for Dietrich. Richfield says, well, we've got Shelby Jones at 5'10", and she can hold her own down low.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Now you factor in the defense. I mean, it starts with the point guard, obviously, and that's where Casey comes in. I mean, she's averaging 15 points a game. And uh, I mean, she really is a true point guard, but she's also one of those that can D you up as well. I mean, she's averaging almost seven steals a game, which has gotta be near the top in the state. And uh, it, it, it does start with Casey and, and you're right. You brought up Shelby Jones. I mean, she's averaging 10 and seven. I mean, she's a double, double threat every time you step on the floor. And so if they can figure out to get the ball to Shelby, she can get the ball to the rim and then they just tighten up the defense. Um, I get uh, uh, Malia Kent coming in as a sophomore. She's averaging seven, but she takes the pressure off of, of Casey a little bit. And they've got the pieces there, too. That's why these two teams are ranked two and three in the state. And that's why ugh, if they were both going to state, there's a realistic chance they could play each other for a title. That, just, that ain't going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah
0: that is a definite possibility for sure. Um, yeah. And so for Richfield and Dietrich, obviously both have very accomplished volleyball programs as well, right? You'll recognize a lot of these names from the volleyball season. I know one, uh, one thing that has hurt Richfield a little bit is their depth girls, girls that were multi-sport athletes as freshmen and sophomores have now decided to focus on Club volleyball in the winter, in, instead of basketball, and so I know Coach Hendren has lost, you know, a couple of players that would have helped and contributed in that way. But that creates opportunities for somebody else, and despite that, they've managed to find a way to overcome that hurdle and and keep on rolling.
1: Oh, that I, I just I don't get it. I don't. I mean, first of all, specializing is stupid. Secondly. If you are really looking to go to the next level, then the majority of these college coaches, no matter whether it's D1, D2, JUCO, whatever, it doesn't matter. They want athletes. And you're at a 1A school. I mean, come on. You are needed in all of these programs, okay? So step it up and be a part of your school and all these programs that need you. You can't disappear into the crowd like you were a five A school where they've got all the numbers. They don't. I mean, doing that just absolutely are program destroyers, and and I hate to see it. I really do. Yep,
0: yeah, it's it's tough for sure. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out. Last year, Dietrich had the upper hand in every single matchup against Richfield, twice in the regular season, twice at districts because. Last Mm -hmm. year, it was a four-team tournament, so Richfield had to win the second-place game and then challenge back. And uh, So, you know, they snapped a little mini slide against Dietrich with that win earlier in the regular season, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. These two are going to duke it out at Districts next week. Can't wait to see the matchup.
1: Yeah, you know, and this rivalry is, uh, it's a friendly rivalry. I mean, these girls know each other. They play summer ball together, and, you know and and for coach hendron he's got two daughters on the team and so this particular group of girls they're like at the barbecues they're at the parties they're at his house it's like they're his kids because he's got two daughters mixed in with it so it's a little different vibe there but they also understand too that you know they are really good friends with these dietrich girls too they work together at, you know uh the show pool where a lot of them are employed they They play basketball club, basketball together. They show animals at the fair together. Um, And even, you know, even coach Rick Estelle called up uh, Casey to play with Dietrich in a summer tournament last year. And she went and she had a blast and they just get along so well. So it's, it's a friendly rivalry, but it's a rivalry nonetheless.
0: it's a fun one for sure uh gary jones is in the chat one of our great broadcasters from idahosports.com he says offense sells tickets defense wins championships
1: (laughs) wise Uh, very true very true gary very true
0: well somebody who didn't have offense or defense when they needed it scott was the dallas cowboys in that first round playoff loss to the green bay
1: packers (laughs) how about that yeah Yeah. boy what a choke job that was (laughs) yeah
0: and we bring up the dallas cowboys because that'll tie into our next story which is in the world of cheerleading so Mm -hmm. um last year the highland rams from pocatello went to the national cheerleading competition scott and came away with the title they won the national cheerleading championship which was a really cool accomplishment now this year It's another Idaho program, a little closer to home for you, Scott, right in your backyard. The Jerome High School cheerleaders qualify for nationals at AT AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys, and they get to go down there for the trip of a lifetime. This was a really cool story.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, this is something if if you're familiar with Jerome and you come to our games or whatever the case is, I, I tell you what, there's something that we do as well if not better than everybody else. And that is we may not be able to put like the state championship caliber teams on the floor every year. Um, But what we can provide you is an incredible atmosphere. And it begins with our cheerleaders, our band, um, our dance team, um, everything. But the cheerleaders are at the center of it. And if you ever come to Jerome and you experience a game, you're going to see that and you're going to walk away going, that was a really cool vibe. They just have fun and it's a production and whatever. And that's what we do. And cheer is integral in this. And so, you know, I, I work closely with the cheerleaders because I'm the PA guy. I'm the AD. I'm organizing it all, writing their their halftime intros and all this kind of stuff. And so I work closely with the head coach Kira Caps, and uh, just a little bit of, of about her. I mean, th- this is a cheer coach for Jerome it just comes from cheer. I mean, she's in her 10th season here. But, you know, she's been in the business for over 25 years. Um, from junior high to college, you know, it, she spent nine years as a staff member of the National Cheerleading Association, the NCA, where they just came from. Um, so she's been part of that. She coached in Utah for a little while. So we've got a coach that's been around the block as far as cheer goes and she knows her stuff. She knows the nationals and uh, she's really doing a great job with these girls that we have because you think of cheer sometimes and and trust me, I have learned a lot about cheer over the last several years is that you, you just don't think of it as like grinding. You don't think of it as just a grueling season, but these these kids go year round. Basically they stop in, in March, I think, and pick it back up in April. I mean, they get a month off or whatever it is and they're at all the games. They travel sometimes there are competitions. And so, I mean, it is an intense thing and it's run very in tent intensely at, uh, at Jerome. It's a big deal. And so for them to go to nationals, uh, qualify down there and come away with, a fifth place finish nationally. Hey, not too bad.
0: That's, that's big league. And Jerome was one of what three teams from Idaho to even qualify for nationals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they finished higher than any other Idaho team there. Um, But uh, they had a blast. And the cool thing that I know that our coaches Kira and Sarah like to do is get them outside of their, their boundaries. You know, they take them to Disneyland every year and they, they cheer down there in the parade, and they go to Nationals. They want them outside of their boundaries just to see the world. And I, and, you know, and I really like that about what our cheer coaches are doing for them. And so they came back from Dallas with all these stories, meeting all these people, touring the locker rooms, getting down on the field, interacting with the cheerleaders from the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, all of it cool experience
0: for sure we've got some pictures and a pretty cool video to share here scott so i'll start with these are the coaches for jerome high school
1: right there yep that's kira and sarah Uh, sarah on the left kira on the right and they just really put a lot of time and effort into our our programs and and they do a great job of making our sporting events better um our spirit better so you know, I, I really enjoy working with them because they really do great things for our school. That's
0: awesome. Here's Jerome at the NCA High School Nationals, the National Cheerleading Association. It's awesome to, to be in front of the banner. That's just got to be a surreal moment.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. And yeah, doing their routines down on the on the turf. Uh, I saw some of those pictures and heard some of the stories when the kids came back. And, and uh, very cool.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned, AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Here they are on the turf after it was all wrapped up. They've got a football. They've got their medals. Yep. And then here's them uh, actually, you know, posing. (laughs) Yeah, doing whatever they do. (laughs) What a cool deal. That is so exciting. And before they even got down there, Scott, the team got a special message uh that i'm sure i'm sure pumped him up and got him fired up to go down there and compete we're gonna play that
1: Hi, Hi Jerome, Jerome High School, High School Cheer. Cheer. I'm Jessica. And I'm Camille. And we're with the Dallas Cowboys
0: Cheerleaders. And we just want to wish you all the best of luck as you compete in your competition this weekend. And I just wanted to give a special shout out to Coach Kira Caps. Congratulations on leading your team this season and bringing them this far to competition. We're so excited for you all. Have so much fun and best of luck. Bye. Bye.
1: How cool is that, Scott? That's way cool. That is super cool. Uh, I need to work on one that says, hey, Brandon and Scott, <laughs> <laughs> right. great job on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, see what I can do. But yeah, that that's that's really cool. And, you know, and for those kids to see that, um, I mean, they're, they're stepping into the big time for them. I mean, they're high school kids and they get they get that. That's something they're not going to forget.
0: Yep. It's a really cool deal. Uh, You know, Gary did ask in the, in the chat, does the Jerome athletic director get to go to nationals with the cheerleaders?
1: Well, if the Jerome athletic director had a clear plate, he could do whatever he wants, but I haven't seen a clean plate for four years. So I'm not even sure the answer to that, Gary, I suppose I could. And then the building had burned down after I left, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it is it's a tough gig being the AD for sure. We're going to talk about all the craziness that's gone on with your schedule uh in our Scott's Thoughts segment. It'll be right after this break. We're going to hear from our sponsors at No Vape Idaho and then we'll be back here on the Magic Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. It's not like I'm doing drugs. Nicotine can negatively impact the developing brain and make it more susceptible to other addictive substances. Students that vape are three times more likely to start smoking weed. And kids who share vapes can unknowingly inhale other drugs like THC, meth, or fentanyl, causing permanent lung damage, overdose, and even death. Be smart, don't start. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast presented by No Vape Idaho. Be smart. Don't start. Scott, you're not going to be a national championship competing cheerleader by vaping. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, no, I, I, I will. I will throw this little nugget out there, too. When I was in high school, my my mom was the cheerleader advisor uh, for our high school. So all through my high school years, um, uh, cheerleaders were always practicing, running around our house doing their thing, whatever cheerleaders do. Um, as I was just kind of tooling off the football practice or whatever the case was. So yeah, it's not, I've, I've kind of been around it a little bit, but not to the extent that these coaches and, and kids are really getting after it, but, uh, I'm no stranger.
0: Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got a cousin that lives back in Montana and she is the cheer and dance coach at her high school, her alma mater. Uh, she coaches cheer and dance and then uh, her husband uh, was a big time athlete. Played football for Montana State University, and so um, yeah. they had they had a son and a daughter. And the daughter, they found out, you know, she's pretty tall, got pretty good at sports, and so they had to come to a compromise because mom wanted her to be a cheerleader, and then dad was like, "Yes, but she's also going to play sports," and so they did. They kind of came yeah. to an agreement where the two, you know, whatever sport she was doing—softball, volleyball, basketball—they um, would share her, and then she would also still be part of cheer and dance. So.
1: that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, I've, I'm, I've got three daughters. I've got two of them that are kind of in elementary school, grade school. And I am a sports guy. There's going to be some interesting conversations coming up. If they want to, Hey daddy, I want to, I want to be a cheerleader. I want to be a dancer. I want to. Okay, honey. Uh, (laughs) But first, go shoot a hundred free throws. <laughs> you know. So I don't know I, that what a juggling act that is going to be. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. One last thing on cheerleading. Uh, there was a documentary that came out on Netflix a couple of years ago called cheer. It was about a junior college in Texas. That is like the dominant, cheerleading program on the juco scene and i watched it with my wife she she's the one who suggested it of course and i was like yeah whatever i'll i'll watch (laughs) it sure i i I was fascinated by it um because the coach it, it was really a lot of the coach and how she structures practices and runs her program and how how does she discipline athletes when they break the rules and so I love watching great coaches and to, so to watch her coach Monica was her name uh she I mean it was fascinating so if you're looking for something fun to watch it's on Netflix it's called Cheer
1: so. wow okay cheer I will check it out seeing how that seems to be a Dominant theme this week
0: that's right okay so this is normally the part of the show where we would dive into scott's thoughts but scott as as you alluded to uh your calendar has been plumb full you've had Gosh. makeup games for basketball uh from cancellations over the previous two weeks you've mm-hmm. got this huge dance competition that you've got going on later today and tomorrow and uh-uh. so uh you know formulating your thoughts this week uh, got put on the back burner, but that's okay. That happens it sometimes.
1: It did. It, it did. Sometimes life gets in the way. Sometimes the job gets in the way, but we're not abandoning the topic. And we're certainly not abandoning the segment because it has gotten such great uh, reaction and traction. And I mean, it's, it's been a really cool thing to do. So, and, and that leads into it too. And, and if I feel that I'm not quite ready, or it's like one of those things where I don't want to put a bad something out there right? because it's gotten so much traction. I want to make sure it's good. And plus, yeah, uh, last week was snowmageddon and now we're scheduling everything because we're coming down to the end of these winter seasons and those games that got snowed out, they've got to get made up. And so we are just cramming them in. And so this week has been just hectic with every night, something going on. And so sometimes, you know, That happens and we'll we'll pick it up again
0: yep Uh, as a reminder the topic that we're going to address the next time we have scott's thoughts is how do you say the three simple words i was wrong we we shudder to say it um in (laughs) society today politics uh leadership whatever you want to say people just double down instead of admitting hey you know what i got it wrong and uh, the, whole, the whole idea came up because I had gotten wrong this point total for Idaho's career all-time point-scored leader in boys' mm-hmm. basketball. Uh, Case, why not of Lapway, by the way, broke that record last night on idahosports.com. If you haven't seen it yet, we've got the clip on all, all of our social media. You can also yep. go back and watch the game as well at idahosports.com. It was a really cool moment, but initially I had the wrong point total from the previous record holder, found out that wasn't right, so instead of just making the change and not saying anything I owned up to it. I say hey look I got it wrong and I'll do better next time. So
1: yeah. No, and I think it's a it's a lost trait that people do not practice anymore, you know, and and I just I'm going to have a lot to say about it because it is something that is disappearing. And you see everybody like you said doubling down on their lo- it doesn't matter what the facts say anymore. You just say No, 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 you know, and all the facts say yes. And you just say, no, I didn't do it. Whatever. People have got no conscience anymore. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see, but yeah, it's a huge problem.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be a great topic when we get to it. In the meantime, uh, if you want to hear all of Scott's previous thoughts, we've got them on a playlist. Just go to the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, and we have got a Scott's Thoughts playlist all, I think, 13. We've done 13 of yeah. them so far. Uh, and you can just check them all out there if there's a topic that interests you or you want to hear all of them. Um, they're all great. And so they're all right there for you on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel. And a nice playlist for you to to watch them all. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love doing this.
0: Yeah. All right, Scott, I know you got to get back to it. So we will let you go back and start your job of um, hall monitor, making sure people are where they're supposed to be and not wandering.
1: It's going to be a fun time. Yep, exactly right. Directing bus, directing traffic, sweeping up glitter. You know, (laughs) it's just a day. It's just a normal day. Yep
0: for sure uh and so uh we'll be back next week to break down all of the girls basketball district tournament action but until then enjoy what's left of the regular season for girls hoops obviously got some boys hoops and wrestling still taking place as well and uh we'll see you next time for another edition of the magic valley Prepcast. for scott burton i'm brandon baney thanks for tuning in on idahosports.com